0: Welcome back to another episode of Highlighted, the All Sports Culture Podcast. It's Sam, it's Sully, and it's Kurt, the trio. We're back. Today, we're talking a little bit about Deshaun Watson. Obviously, there's some drama surrounding him. We're going to give our NFL end-of-the-season awards And then we're going to talk about a little bit of NBA, you know, what is surprising, what's disappointing, who's playing well, who's not playing well. So let's get right into it. Deshaun Watson, if you guys haven't heard, you're living under a rock, but let me lift that rock up and tell me what's going on. Deshaun Watson has basically, you know, kind of said that he has requested a trade a little bit. He apparently he's told some of his friends and some of his close uh, teammates that he might be requesting a trade and wants to leave Houston. He's upset with their um, GM search. They obviously just hired a GM and they told him that he would have say in who would become that GM and you know all that kind of stuff. They would be letting him know on the inside deals of the you know organization, and they ended up not contacting him at all getting his word and they ended up hiring the gm i don't really know if you guys do you guys know the background of this gm i've heard it was a very good deal wasn't a lot of money and the guy's pretty good that's what i've heard but i don't know
1: uh uh, nick casareo um he's been a patriot exec for a long time like he was the top guy with belichick for a while now uh actually two years ago when the Texans fired their last GM. I don't remember who it was, um, Gaines or Smith. I don't remember which one it was. But they fired their last GM, and they tried interviewing Casserio, And Casserio's contract had a, like a stance in it that he couldn't interview for any openings. And so the Patriots uh, filed tampering charges against the Texans, and then the Texans had to pull out because of that. And then that led to Bill O'Brien becoming the all Darth Sidious, oh. powerful head of the Texans. I, they love that. Yeah, so they've had their eye on Casario for a long time, obviously. And the Texans, obviously, are trying to model themselves over the as the Patriots, even though Bill, Bill O'Brien has shown that, he, that that doesn't always work. And also other people around the league have shown that that doesn't really work at all. And they still have guys in their organization like Jack Easterby, who should not be in that organization at all. He is a complete little finger snake dude. And Uh, Tell us how you really feel, man. (laughs) No, no, no. I read this article about Jack Easterby the other day, and he's this executive who was just a chaplain. Um, I don't know if you guys know what a chaplain is
0: um is that like basic- some like religious figure or- yeah
1: it's like a religious figure for it's like the team's pastor, i guess okay. you could say
0: um i didn't and know he that was the man- thing okay
1: yeah i i didn't either but he managed to uh make his way up the like new england ranks into like football operations because of his like just how he likes talks to people and then He got really close to Belichick and apparently, which is hard to do. And that kind of boosted his stock and he's really close to Casario. And then he got noticed by Cal McNair, the owner of the Texans, and then he got hired there and then he weaseled his way up the ranks. And he's one of the biggest reasons why uh, Deandre Hopkins got traded in the first place because Deandre Hopkins didn't like him and he, If he doesn't like someone, he doesn't really take to them at all and doesn't really care about them, and he tries playing up to the ownership and all that, so he doesn't really care about these people, and he tries to get people off his skin that don't really abide by him. So I saw a ton of Texans fans were like, okay, we fired Bill O'Brien, we got a new general manager, Easterby's finally going to be gone, and they were so excited about it, and Casario's hired. And that basically means Easter is going to stay around because he kind of mingles. What's his, his name? Easter
0: Yeah, Jack, Jack Easterby. Easterby. I I don't listen, like, listen, Jack, he Easterby. Looks like if nag. you're listening right now, we're calling you out, okay? You're yeah. going to come on the podcast and you're going to defend yourself,
2: or you're a fraud. That's all I got to say. Well, Looks like he's a fraud because I don't think he's coming on the podcast. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I don't. I didn't read. I didn't read too much about it. I did see Jack Easterby. I can't remember who tweeted it. It was someone on my feed was talking about it. But like if you go on like any Houston Texans like comments, it's all about him and how much of a fraud or a snake, whatever you want to call him is. So that's kind of where I saw it. Um, And now I'm just kind of going through Twitter. And this is like the first thing I see. As long as Jack Easterby is in the building, these types of problems will continue. The opportunity that Cal is pissed away messing with this guy is wild. And it's like this whole article. So, I mean, Sam pretty much cleared it up, everything. But, I mean, you can do whatever you want. But it seems like as long as this guy is still in the building, that these problems are still going to amount. And you've seen with Watson, you've seen with kind of what the organization has done. You even saw, I mean, the talent on their team, they should be you know, in a position where they're not winning, however, where they win four games this year. Yeah. So they should be in a position where they're winning more games. You even saw J.J. Watt and him after the game with Watson was like, sorry, we one of your years. You know, we should have 11 wins. They definitely shouldn't have four. I don't know about 11, but they definitely should be having more than four wins. And it looks like this organization is still going to be kind of a mess. So for that sake, if you're Deshaun Watson, I mean, and you know that these problems are still going to mount with Easter being the building, obviously, you might want to request that trade might want to go out and being part of this bad problem, who knows what's going to happen with the future of Houston.
0: Well, where do you guys think, you know, Deshaun Watson, if he ends up requesting that trade and obviously it's uh, up to the um, GM of the Texans, if he wants to trade him or not, but where do you think Deshaun could land? Give me, give me some landing spots rapid fire.
2: The only team that like, I know a lot of people are throwing out. I don't think it's going to happen is the Patriots
0: and the giants. I agree.
2: Yeah. So you love Daniel Jones and now you're just like, well, I I don't love Daniel. Daniel Jones is not that good (laughs) at football. I never said he was that good.
0: I don't know what you guys don't understand about this. Like, if I could get Deshaun Watson, Dana Jones can go to the curb. I don't get out of here.
2: Um, But it's like... Sean in immediately. Yeah, but the thing is, like, I've just seen New England fans especially kind of push for it just because they've had Cam and they obviously want to have this, like, incredible quarterback again. It makes sense. Um, So that's maybe where I could see it. But, like, I don't know if Nick Casario would, like, send him to, like, his former team. I mean, I guess that's not really, like, a reasoning for it, but, like... Yeah, there's
1: connections. Yeah. So they, they're
2: not the um, big... I don't know. Well, how about this? How about this? You're the
0: Jacksonville Jaguars, right? And they call you up. They call they call uh, Nick Cassery up, and they say, listen, buddy, we got the number one pick. You could be staring at Trevor Lawrence right now. We want Deshaun Watson. What do you guys say? If If you're... The Texans GM, you sending Deshaun for Trevor, or are you keeping Deshaun?
2: So here's what I want to say. Um, talk about this pre pod. I think we all are thinking keeping or keeping with Deshaun instead of Trevor. The thing is, though, I I, I kind of see if you're Houston in a way why you would kind of like this idea because Houston. We've already seen the reports that. Deshaun Watson maybe wants out. He's unhappy with the situation. You might want a new scenery. I think right now, all of us and kind of any logical NFL fan would take Deshaun Watson right now over Trevor Lawrence, even though Trevor Lawrence has maybe a higher, higher ce- ceiling and one of the better prospects we've seen And how? who knows how long. The thing is, Watson's already proven himself. He can be a top five quarterback in this league, and he is. Um, but the thing is, though, like I mentioned, if Houston's in a situation where they think that it's not going to work out with Watson and you have Trevor Lawrence, like I just said, one of the best prospects we've ever seen right there. I I could understand why they would be interested in doing so. Um, But to go back to what I was saying, I think right now we'd pick Watson over Trevor.
1: Yeah. uh, You keep Watson. Uh, The first overall pick is not enough for Deshaun Watson. It's just not. His value far outweighs that, if you ask me, because he's a proven commodity. He's a proven top-five quarterback, and even though Trevor, yes, he's probably the best prospect since Andrew Luck, just like Joe Burrow was last year, he's not bus-proof, you know, and I'd rather keep the guy that I know is a stud and I can build my franchise around. Now, if Deshaun is asking out, and he's just like, I'm not coming into camp. I'm not going to play for this organization. Then yeah, you consider it a bit more. But you could definitely,
2: I feel like you get more than the first overall pick. Yeah, I'm it would definitely be with you. I agree. It definitely would be more.
1: And also, Jacksonville wouldn't be a terrible spot for him because they would have, um, they have like 80 million dollars in cap space, is the most in the league this off season. So they can still build a decent roster around him. Um, but otherwise, no, I don't think Deshaun's going to end up getting traded at all. Um, the whole thing around this is that Casario was, Deshaun was supposed to be in, on um, the GM and head coach talks, but they kind of went behind his back. And I kind of feel like Easterby had a big thing to do with this. They went behind his back to hire, um, Casario because Easterby and Casario are tight. So I feel like Easterby was doing that to like, you know, save his job. and they kind of kept Deshaun out of the loop and he feels betrayed because of that. And there was talks that Deshaun really was pushing for B enemy because he talked to Pat Mahomes and Pat Mahomes put in a good word for B enemy, And the Texans haven't even requested to interview him. They're the only team in the league that hasn't requested to interview him, which is ridiculous. And it's if funny because like
2: we, I don't mean you talked about the same, like that's like the one spot we put B enemy to. too. It's and perfect. It's like, it's a perfect like, fit. Yeah, so it's crazy. I think they're the only team that didn't put a request in for Salah as well.
0: Yeah, that's so
2: true. the organization's they, a mess. They're going to get Tony
0: Elliott. We all know it. They're getting Tony Elliott. <laughs> Tony Elliott. And it's, they're going to be the best team ever.
1: <laughs> well, no, now they, they changed their general manager. So now the GM has to be on board with this. And so it completely changes the entire dynamic of everything. So I feel like they're going to go for a Patriots hire again. And whether that's Josh McDaniels, God, that would be horrible. I feel (laughs) like I I pray for Deshaun if for him to get out of there, if they hire Josh McDaniels or maybe Ryan dabble that now that would be fantastic if they could pull that off. But who really knows, man, I've kind of name dropped uh, San Francisco. Oh my God. That would be amazing for him. And Miami. I feel like Miami has that capital to get it done. They could trade them Tua. I feel like Tua is a very New England style quarterback, and they got the third overall pick, the 18th overall pick, another first rounder next year, and I don't know. They got they got draft capital to we'll make it happen if they wanted to.
0: Well, I mean only time will tell like you said you don't expect him to be moved just because he's has such a big contract and he's you know proven to be he can play like a top 5 quarterback so it's guys like that are very rarely moved so we'll see see what happens with that but now we can transition to you know given our uh award predictions for the end of the season in the NFL we gave our mid predictions and i think that most of us kind of talked and they haven't changed much but there've been a few key changes that we've made to our uh End of season predictions. So just starting off, MVP, obviously, the doozy. Everyone you know, cares about the MVP the most. I think most of us said Mahomes at week eight, correct?
2: Yeah, I did. And yeah. now I think
0: we all have the same person at the end of the season. Correct. And that's Aaron Rodgers. The GOAT. I do have Aaron Rodgers. And I think, you know, obviously, statistically, Aaron Rodgers is the best player or best quarterback in the league right now. Um, You watch with your eyes. You'd probably say he's playing the best right now. And the Packers are one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now, and I think he deserves it. And uh, the argument is always, you know, Patrick Mahomes has all the weapons in the world, which is totally fair. I've said a million times, if they're close statistically or anything like that, I'm going to give it to the guy that is doing – a little bit more or the same with less on the field. And the Packers obviously have a great offense. They have weapons, but it's not the Chiefs' weapons. I want to say,
2: um, while we're talking about Mahomes, he's not second on mine. It's Josh Allen. That's fair. Josh Allen, I mean, you take away what Aaron Rodgers has done. Josh Allen, if you look at, like, the past MVPs, he's putting up better or at least very similar stats to those guys. If it's not from Aaron Rodgers having this unbelievable season, he'd be more than capable of being an MVP, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Derrick Henry up there also, low key.
2: Yeah.
0: A lot of people Man. saying Henry. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a I'm not a big Derrick Henry guy either for MVP, but I think he's still he's he's had top. an unbelievable. He, he'll year. win another award.
1: But yeah. We'll, yeah. He'll get okay, another award. We'll get to award. that. We'll get to and that. we all know it's, it's probably gonna be Aaron Rodgers. I mean. Week 16 kind of solidified it, but when Mahomes sat for Week 17, Rodgers would have needed, like, a terrible game to, like, fall back, but he torched the Bears, so obviously that didn't happen. And I feel like he's kind of just solidified it. And, honestly, it's, a ma- it's not a matter of if he won't win it, it's a matter of is he unanimous, and I don't think he will be, but because, you know, there are going to be some people for John. I'll vote for him. Under. Pat Mahomes, thank you. Thank you, Sully. Appreciate that. <laughs> Appreciate
0: that. Uh, let's, let's move on to the probably the second most heated debate out there for of the awards. Offensive Rookie of the Year. This one's close. Uh, between Justin Herbert and the two Justins are going at it. Justin Herbert, Justin Jefferson. I'll give my take. I'm Herbert. Definitely Herbert, in my opinion. I think Jefferson – it's hard to not give it to Jefferson just because he's kind of debatably like a top 10 wide receiver right now or playing like it, which is insane because he's a rookie and he obviously broke the receiving record, which is incredible. But at the same time, look at all the records that Herbert broke. I mean, touchdowns, passing yards uh, QBR, I believe maybe there was another one. Uh, yeah. He didn't have a great year in terms of like them winning, but at the same time, he's a rookie. Usually the offensive rookie of the year awards aren't really graded on like the team's performance it's more of the player and Herbert they've both been unbelievable so not to discredit Justin Jefferson but I'm going Herbert
2: yeah um it's tough because these guys are both more than capable of being offensive rookie of the year I look at both sides you look at Justin Herbert I mean the records he's broken as a rookie have been unbelievable obviously he broke the touchdown record and countless other records as a rookie and obviously no one expected him to do this unbelievable job that he's done in uh with the LA and the chargers, but you also look at Jefferson. I mean, he's breaking records that Randy Moss set in 1998. I mean, those were 22 years ago. I mean, you look at the passing touchdowns record for rookie and it's like, while it's very impressive that he beat it, you're going to see maybe in a couple years, someone else break it in my opinion. So it's like a, a, you know, award or record that kind of continuously gets broken, obviously because the leagues become pass happy. I would give it to Herbert, like barely, just because, like I talked about, he's had an unbelievable year. Justin Jefferson, though, I, I, I literally, it's like a coin flip to me because Justin Jefferson, in his rookie year, he's already a top 10 receiver in this league, and he's been unbelievable. And I don't know. I'd give it to Herbert, but, like, I literally can see any side to it.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm on, like, the same thing as – the same feeling as Kurt, where it's a coin flip. Like, honestly, I wouldn't be mad if either or won. Um, you know, just Justin Herbert, it's a quarterback bias award. And we saw that last year with Kyler Murray winning it when Josh Jacobs probably should have. And this year I don't see any different because of how Justin Herbert has played. And although, yes, Justin Jefferson has been absolutely spectacular, and I love that point you brought up, Kurt, about the passing touchdowns just kind of being bro- broken every year now, it seems like. You know, you had Baker do it. Two years ago. Uh, last year, I don't believe anyone got close. But this year, Burrow was on pace two before he got hurt, and Justin Herbert did. So I kind of like that sentiment, but I'm going to go with Herbert in the end. So.
0: Cool. We all agree. All on the that. boys are in agreement. We're so smart. Moving on to Offensive Player of the Year. Obviously, we just did the rookie. Now we're doing Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, I think we all probably have a similar answer. Everyone knows the MVP award is the QB award 99% of the time. And then they kind of give the Offensive Player of the Year is like kind of the, the best player that's not the QB, although it's not really supposed to be like that, but it kind of is. And um, I go Derrick Henry, obviously. That's my pick.
1: Yeah. It's between three guys, I think you could say. Derrick Henry, Devontae Adams, and Travis Kelsey. So basically the number one player at each skill position this season. And I think Derrick Henry eclipsing 2,000 rushing yards is kind of insane. I think only other seven other running backs in
0: NFL history have done that. And, yeah, you can't deny yeah, he that. He did it he, pretty quietly, I feel like. Yeah, usually that's like a very big deal i remember like cj 2k when chris johnson did it like it was like a massive thing ap was ap almost broke the entire record for rushing yards so like that was a little bit more big a deal but even when he broke it everyone was going crazy like derrick henry did it and it's like i i didn't even know until he broke it i just saw a tweet that was like derrick henry's over two thousand
2: yards i'm like oh okay like that's kind of crazy i think like a maybe a reason why it kind of went under the radar is because however many, how many yards did he get? 250 against the Texans, something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he it was obviously dirty. a big like margin that he had to get to in order to get that 2000. So my thing is maybe like a lot of people didn't expect him to actually break it. Then when they yeah. saw that he was um, almost at that mark, they're like, wow, like this actually could happen. Then he obviously broke the record. I'm going to go with Derek Henry as well. Um, I think what he's done this season has been unbelievable. He has the, you know, if you look at, I saw this cool stat that I want to mention. Um, so he has five games where he has 200 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Um, and for comparison, Jim Brown had three, Barry Sanders had three, and LaDainian Tomlinson had three. So he's obviously in that elite company, and he's only going to make that number go up. Um, obviously, we, like I talked about, we've kind of seen this league turn into like a pass-happy league and what he's done still with Mike Vrabel and Arthur Smith continually running the ball at such a high effective level. It's fun to see and it's good for the game. So I'm glad he's doing an unbelievable job. And, you know, obviously we've seen the narrative of him where it's like, he always just doesn't do well in the first half of the season. He kicks it up at the second half of the season. It's a very consistent year from him. I'm happy for him. And I think he's offensive player of the year.
0: Yeah. This year he said, all right, I'm done with that narrative. I'm going to do it. I'm not gonna be good in the first half of games. I'm just gonna do in the second half of the games instead yeah. of the second half of the season. Because I mean, if you take his what? second half, yeah, the, because if you take the second half rushing stats from him, he's what we posted that stat. He's like t- he's number four, I think, on the year, which is insane. If you literally remove his first half rushing stats, um, uh, yeah, those those stats are bron- sponsored by Sully, and we're gonna go to defensive player of the year now. Uh, I'll let you guys go first. I went first for all these other awards. So I want you guys to I don't wanna spoil all the reasonings or if you guys have your own thoughts. So Kurt,
2: what what do you say? Wait, what were we doing? We're doing defensive player okay. of the year. I it broke up for me for a second. It's okay, buddy. Okay. You said defensive <laughs> rookie or defensive player? No, no, defensive player. Okay, sorry. It's internet's bad or something right now. All right. Defensive player of the year. I think a lot of people I know we've had the conversation of like, maybe it's TJ Watts, you know, maybe it's Xavier Howard. I kind of want to give it to Aaron. Thank you. Yeah. I'm going (laughs) to give it to Aaron Donald. Um, Those two make very good candidates, but Aaron Donald is the best player in the NFL. And while he's not really, I guess like quote unquote talked about as other players in the league, it's because he's been doing it at such a high level for so many years right now. He's incredible, and obviously the Rams' defense have been really good this year, and he's continually to be a big part of that. So, for me, it's Aaron Donald.
1: He's kind of entered that LeBron James MVP type thing where, like, every year he's so damn dominant that they're just kind of like, oh, we can't give it to him every year. But, like, you look at his production, you just can't deny it. So, uh, it's pretty clear to me that it's Aaron Donald. I'm seeing people say T.J. Watt, but, like, The rest of that defensive line is absolutely insane. So he feasts off that. Like, they're all above 60 pressures, I believe, which is absurd for our D-line group. And Xavier Howard, he's been great this year, but I just feel like Aaron Donald has just been truly Aaron Donald's the type
2: of person where, like, you talked about this, like, his whole defensive line is incredible, and it's because of, like, his presence that he's allowing people on that line to be so dominant.
1: Exactly exactly
2: and all right i'll say this i'll say
0: this you know okay if i was on the committee and i was voting for this award and i really wanted it to be the you know correct choice i would vote donald i do believe that he thinks he should win this award but you know since i'm on the highlight all sports culture podcast i can say whatever i want and i'm gonna give my vote for Xavier howard i and here's my argument I think that, you know, similar to what Gilmore did last year, I think it's, you know, there's always a defensive lineman that is, obviously Donald only has around 14 sacks this year, which I say only, it's still very, very good. And honestly, sacks are kind of down this year overall in terms of like, because last year you had people that had like, I think someone had 22 or up there. And then like so people were pushing 20. 19, Yeah. So, yeah, so obviously Donald has 14, I think, this year around that. Uh, still unbelievable. And we talked about a lot of his stats don't show up on the stat sheet just because he is a beast. He's getting double, triple teams sometimes, and that's why the Rams off- on defensive line is so good. But similar, you know – Xavier Howard, obviously, most of hit nine interceptions. That his stuff that he's doing is showing up in the stat sheet. I mean, the QBR he's allowing when he's you know uh, passed against the uh, yards he lets up when he's in coverage, his his pass deflections, the interceptions he has are all insane. And the kind of the argument I think someone could make for Xavier is it's rare that a cornerback is able to completely shut down almost every single game, able to remove someone from the game. Obviously, Gilmore did that last year, and that's kind of why he won. Xavier's doing it this year there's always players like Donald obviously they're not on the level of Donald but TJ Watt Shaq Barrett last year players that are getting ton of sacks ton of pressures there's always defensive linemen that are playing really really well it's rare that you get a cornerback that's nine interceptions uh 20 pass deflections you know QBR that's basically like they're spiking the ball when they throw it it's rare that you get a cornerback that has stats like that so I feel like you know even if the defensive lineman is maybe playing a little bit better you could give it to the cornerback. But like I said, if I was on the committee or something and I really wanted to get it right, I would give it to Donald because like Sam said, he's like LeBron James. I mean, if, if they gave it to the MVP awards to non-QBs, I mean, Donald is potentially the best player in the league. So he really could deserve it any year just because of the impact he has. But that's kind of my argument for Xavier, and I think it's more rare.
2: I agree. I like it. All right. Well, I don't I agree, man. but I, I like it. <laughs> Like the argument. All right. Well, yeah. let's
0: move on. Um, let's go to defensive rookie of the year. Kurt, we know It's not a landslide. It's, it's a landslide. Yeah.
2: I do want to mention this, though, because maybe I'll don't want to start controversy. But so Chase Young is easily number one. If anyone thinks otherwise, they're not watching football. But a lot of people have Jeremy Chin at number two. And I love Jeremy Chin. I think he's done very well. But I want to bring up the stat. I'm not discrediting Chin in any way, but it's to give credit to another Washington defensive Cam Curl. Oh, because no. Cam Curl, absolutely no one is talking about him. Seventh round pick out of Arkansas. And I want to compare their stats um, and just kind of bring, you know, showcase my guy a little bit. So Curl, trying to stay along, he has 88 total tackles. Five QB hits, two sacks, three interceptions, four pass deflections, and two touchdowns allowed all year. Jeremy Chin has 117 tackles, five QB hits, one sack, one interception, five pass deflections, and then six touchdowns allowed all year. So Jeremy Chin, I would say has... And two
0: touchdowns scored.
2: Yeah, yeah. But I would say with those stats, (laughs) Chin's maybe a little bit better, or obviously Chin's the better player. So I'm not arguing that Curl is better than Chin. But when I see all these are odds and it's like chins to clear number two and you don't hear a peep from Cam Curl, that's where I kind of Where's might...
0: Curl on these on the is he on the odds? I've never I even, don't even seen think... his name. I doubt he's even exactly. on the that's, odds.
2: That's that's kind of what I'm trying to prove. I think you here. gotta
0: open your own sports book, Kurt.
2: Exactly. <laughs> and curl's doing this on 200 less snaps. Jeez. I mean, he's been fantastic for us all year. And I mean, I want him starting over Landon Collins next year. Oh yeah, but of course Good we're paying match. Landon Collins like, uh, like fifteen or sixteen yeah. million a year. At so. sixteen million. you even too caught him. I don't even know. I haven't even like looked at the specifics on the contract. But anyway, we can kind of get him off that, and because obviously we have a lot of cap space, and if we can get him, then we have loads of cap space. So that'd be nice. But whatever.
0: Okay.
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs> you just use that whole portion to just defend Cam Curl. I love it. Instead of I love talking it. about Chase Young.
2: Oh, Chase Young. I mean, I don't really have much no, to say. it explains
1: well, it. explains itself. Yeah. he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Let's be honest here. He's Oof, that, yeah, that, um, he's that good. Like, let's be honest, guys. He's,
2: I saw. I I'm going to expose this accounts. Uh, I got to find it super quick. Um, but it was basically, um. They did like name an overrated rookie and he did Chase Young. Oh and I was God. like, Oh, expose the... him. Yeah. yeah. All <laughs> right. It was Spark NFL on Instagram. Everyone go rate him and say, What are you talking about? He has 81. Oh,
1: he's the Bob, the Bob Tanyan fan.
2: Well, he we thinks uh, – He's my guy. He's my guy. guy? He's think- No, 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 no. no, no that guy wrong. he doesn't watch that football. Wrong.
1: Now, that, that's definitely wrong, but he's, he's a Green Bay fan. I know that. And oh, spark yes. NFL. He's been campaigning for Robert Tanya in the past three years, and I've been like, yes, Robert Tanya's actually pretty good. And now he's great this year. Yeah, so he's so finally just, great. Except he's not a pro bowler, but Evan Ingram.
2: <laughs> But, uh, Evan Ingram, baby.
1: Oh yeah,
0: Evan Ingram's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, let's move on to worst player of the year. Evan Ingram wins that award. Okay, <laughs> comeback. I oh, no no no. Not we're gonna do coach of the year next. Uh, okay. What do you guys think about coach of the year? Sam, you go first. I've I've actually been like going back. There's a and lot forth of candidates. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah,
2: very yeah. tough. Yeah.
1: Now throughout the year, I was Team Brian Flores. I was. And it's pretty obvious why, because Miami's a really damn good team, and the defense is fantastic, and that's a big product of him. But they've missed the playoffs, and that kind of changes things. So I'm going with Sean McDermott. And reason being is, well, the Bills are exceptional. They're such a fun team to watch. I love watching them like they're the most fun team probably in the league to watch outside of my own team because that offense is so explosive. Josh Allen has turned a new leaf. Just everything about this bills team is just so exciting. And they're the second seed in the AFC. They're my favorite to come out of the AFC currently go watch the playoff predictions video. If you guys haven't already, I love this bills team. So I'm going with Sean McDermott because I thought he should have been in the conversation last year for it. I really do. But, um, I think Kyle Shanahan won last year, if I'm not mistaken. So I understand that, but
2: it was—I um, yeah. think it was Harbaugh that won last. Year. Oh
1: no, it was—it was Harbaugh. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. John Lynch won. John Lynch won for the Niners. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it,
2: it should have been Shanahan, but whatever. Yeah. Um, what, whatever. But yeah, I'm going with McDermott. I feel yeah. like
1: I know who you're going to go with, Kurt. But.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm going to use a uh, Sully quote on this one. So if I oh. was uh, actually on the committee, I would say. um Sean McDermott, but this is the Highlighted All Sports, all sports Culture podcast. So I hate you guys. I can say guys. whatever I want. You can say whatever so you want. So I'm going to go with my guy, Kevin Stefanski. Wow. Uh, Stefanski, here's how I look at it. I mean, obviously, I love this guy from Minnesota, and I said he was going to be one of the better coaches we see this season. I predict the eleven and five. Had to throw that out there. Um, but you look <laughs> at this Browns. He's got to keep throwing that <laughs> I mean, out there I'll I'll have, every chance week. he can. will do He's not it even
1: next a week. coach this week. So how can he be coach of the year if he's not even coaching?
2: That's true. He got COVID, bro. Are you kidding yeah. me? That's <laughs> not my coach of the year. Um, <laughs> no, but Kevin Stefanski. You look at the Browns. Haven't been to the playoffs in eighteen years. They've been a laughing joke of this organiz- or of the league for however many years now. And Kevin Stefanski came into this. Um, came into this team and basically just did incredible. He won 11 games. Obviously, they have a very good roster. And we even saw last year, obviously, they you know were supposed to be this incredible team. They only won six games. Freddie Kitchens now is a tight ends coach, and you know how he did. So, Kevin Stefanski now comes to this team. Obviously, Cleveland is – With the roster, they have expected to do pretty good, and a lot of people thought they would be a 7-win team, 8-win team and be like their normal self, but he's been doing incredible for them. I think he's done a fantastic job, especially with play calling. My coach of the year.
0: All right. Well spoken. Um, my answer, uh, first of all, I feel like I am going to sound like a bigger Green Bay fan than Sam is. LaFleur gets no love in this conversation. Sully, I
1: love you. Thank you. He
0: gets no love in this conversation. I don't understand. Like I don't either. I don't either. I thought he should have won last year. I really did. Yeah, but, um, he probably he should have, considering he was a first-year coach. And I feel like – And Rodgers wasn't as good last exactly. year. Exactly. And now Net- Net Rodgers had his best year of his – basically the best year of his career. Yeah, he, they, I, I know, I know. I think he should be getting more love. But at the same time, like we said at the beginning of this, you know, talking about coach of the year, there are a lot of options. Stefanski is a great pick. McDermott is a very good pick as well. Um, since we're on the Highlighted Podcast, I'm going to give my vote for LaFleur. <laughs> Dude, he's 26 and 6 in its
1: first two seasons. As yeah, a head coach. It, and it is it insane. Makes it,
0: it makes it so much better because no one thought it would work. It, no it, no when one. you go back and you look at the hiring on Twitter, that was like one of the more clown hirings I've seen in like recent past. Like everyone was like, this is no sucks. one on Twitter has any this idea what they're suck. talking about. Yeah, I think honestly, <laughs> if you look at Twitter, like if your team hires someone and they're like, let's go, are like, oh no, this isn't good, yeah, right.
2: It's just the total opposite of what they say. But um I wanna yeah. throw this out there. He's not gonna win, but I gotta give respect to Ron Rivera. I think he should be in the conversation as well. Yeah, he's
0: another great option. So
1: Comeback coach of the year. How about that? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, uh, yeah I like I year. like that.
0: Yeah. But uh so last award, comeback player of the year. And this one is near and dear to my heart because I made the midseason uh you know, predictions are mid-season NFL awards for ASC. I posted them, and I had Alex Smith win in our comeback player of the year, and every single comment was like, not every single one, but 90% of the comments were, you don't win an award because you come back from a bigger injury. You win the award because you come back from a season and an injury, no matter what it is, and you come back and put up the best stats. And I don't fully disagree with that sentiment, but at the same time, Alex Smith is a player who to say that he almost like I wouldn't say he almost died but like it was definitely in question losing his leg was 100% a possibility um I mean you I haven't watched that documentary I've seen all the pictures on Twitter but I know Kurt's seen the documentary it's disgusting to say the least to put it the nicest way possible it's literally disgusting what happened to his leg um it's insane basically just skin like just bone and uh it's insane what he's able to do every time we talked about it a thousand times when he first got back on the field, we were like cringing every time he would get hit. You saw the video uh, or you saw like the feed on the broadcast when he came into that game and they showed his wife, his wife looked like she was about to pass out. And I don't blame her because that was insane that he's able to come back from that leg injury and do what he's been able to do. And to say that he he's had a, you know, he hasn't had a great statistical season or the games that he's played. I think he's played six games. Correct. Kurt uh yeah he's five and one five and one exactly he is you know he has won and that's that's enough for me to give him this award if he came in for one game then i could see an argument for ben honestly i'd still probably give it to smith just because that injury came back from but since he's been able to win and go five and one make the playoffs with washington when really no one thought that they would uh he's a clear winner for me i don't really obviously big ben is my second place i would assume all of ours will. Uh, I mean, 33 touchdowns, 10 interceptions for Ben. He's had a solid, solid year, but what Smith has been able to do. Absolutely ridiculous. Did I take the words out of your mouth?
2: You did. That was fantastic speech. Thank you. Um, I will add on with Alex Smith. I tweeted after I watched project 11, I said, if Alex Smith somehow miraculously steps onto the field again, it'll be the best comeback we've ever seen in sports history. And I stand by that because you look at exactly what he went through the 17 surgeries You know, like you said, almost losing his leg, almost losing his life. I mean, it was serious conversations about if an amputation of his leg had to be done. And obviously, he kept going with the surgeries. He persevered. persevered, And he's now at this point where he's playing football again. And, you know, it's incredible because he's not just playing football. I mean, obviously, like you said, the stats aren't going to show the full story. But what Alex Smith has always been as a quarterback is someone who – doesn't put up this miraculous stats or fantastic stats, but he wins games. He doesn't turn the ball over, and he's going to continue to, to win games if he is the starting quarterback of our team. And, you know, we go back to when he was in our first stint two years ago in Washington. He went six and three, and now he's five and one, which I think equivalents to 11 and five off the top of my head. Um, so that's basically throughout what we've seen. If that was a full season, he'd gone 11 and five, which I think is very impressive, to say the least. So he's fantastic. Obviously, I, like I said, it's one of the best comebacks we've ever seen, and there's no debate. And I've said this. I think they should change the award kind of name to like the Alex Smith Comeback Player of the Year Award.
1: I, I do want to add this on for Smith. It's 100% Alex Smith. If you don't think it's Alex Smith, you're an idiot. You don't understand anything. Um, but I want to add this on about Smith. Smith's whole career has been about comeback. Like everything about his career is just a giant comeback story. He plays for the Giants, not the Giants, the 49ers. He's the first overall pick in the draft, and he suffers his injury. And, you know, he's he's good for the Niners. He's just not great. And he suffers his injury, and Colin Kaepernick steps in, takes the Niners to the Super Bowl, and he ultimately loses his job. To Colin Kaepernick then he goes to Kansas City and he's good there too and they're winning games they're making the playoffs they're winning their division but they don't really ultimately do anything in the playoffs and then they draft Patrick Mahomes he is a great mentor for Patrick Mahomes ultimately Patrick Mahomes attributes so much of what he learned to Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes takes over becomes could be the GOAT and Alex Smith that moves on to DC and he's still good. He looked really good in his time there. I remember Washington was in first place for the division. They were looking like they were going to make the playoffs. And then that stupid, stupid injury happens. So this man has just gone through getting replaced and coming back better than ever, winning games, leading his team, and just playing damn good football and being just a perfect image for this award and honestly even though the last couple of comebacks he's had aren't injury related he's still just a giant comeback story and that's that's all you could really
0: ask for out of Alex it. Smith the giant comeback story well of, yeah he
1: also he also has that Aaron Rodgers shadow above the cloud above his head his entire career which obviously as he should well, yeah, and like, <laughs> well, like when you're the first pick and Aaron Rodgers goes at 24 when you two were the debated first overall pick and then Aaron Rodgers becomes arguably the greatest quarterback ever to play the game and top five all time and you're just good. You know, people view Alex Smith as bad when he's not just because Aaron Rodgers is in that same draft class and he was so heavily compared to him coming out. And so he's always going to have that stigma around him, but he's just come back and proved everyone wrong essentially in a lot of ways. So you got to respect the man just countless
0: amount of times. So. Yep. Alex, if you're listening out there, you have my respect. I would love to shake your hand.
2: I bet he'd be honored too.
0: I think he would be, too. Thank you. The host uh, of the (laughs) highlighted podcast.
2: What an honor to shake his hand. I have a
0: couple titles to my name.
2: Um,
0: (laughs) But, yeah, that's that's enough for the NFL talk. Uh, Those are our awards. Um, But let's move into the NBA now. Let's move into, you know, the little brother of the NFL, the NBA. And the first thing I want to ask you guys, obviously we're only about two weeks into the season, I'd say. Um, But... Obviously, way too early to discuss MVP, but at the same time, that's the question I'm going to ask you guys. Who, I'm not going to say who's the MVP right now, but like who, name some players that you guys are looking at who you think are probably going to be in contention for this award. Obviously, you still are going to think about what you said preseason because, you know, maybe Giannis is in number two or number even in the top five right now. But he's still very much in the race, obviously, because he's going to be ridiculous this year. And um, you know, there's other guys like Anthony Davis and LeBron and James Harden—they might not be top five. There's uh, there's players right now that are putting up some ridiculous stat lines. For example, uh, I'll say my first one: Joel Embiid right now is probably not only are the Sixers, you know, have the best record in the NBA and they might be playing some of the best ball in the NBA, but Joel Embiid is, you know, he's averaging 25 points, 13 rebounds. He's obviously a defensive menace. Um, So right now Joel Embiid is probably playing the best in the NBA, I would say, but what are some other guys that you guys are looking at?
2: Um, I will throw out, I think Nikola Jokic has been doing fantastic. That's my man right there. I know. I mean, Sully, you're the whole Jokic over oh. Embiid ambassador. So oh, I oh, you'd say,
0: trust me. Trust me.
2: I thought you would say, say that. No, no, no. Embiid right
0: now in terms of team success and his overall play – Probably edging out Jokic right now, but don't worry. Jokic is the better basketball player.
2: Yeah. Um, two other guys I want to mention, not necessarily I think they'll win it, but I think they deserve the credit of at least being up there and definitely all-stars. One is being Trey Young. I mean, we can focus on his defensive presence at all. I don't think he'll win the MVP by any means, but just what he does from an offensive standpoint is just unbelievable. Another guy, you probably know this is coming, but Bradley Beal, I mean, as an absolute all-star st- snub last year, you see what he did against Philadelphia just last night, dropped 60 points. I mean, this guy is just a point machine, and what he does for this Washington team is incredible, unlike another player hey, on a, the team.
0: You want to hear a stat?
2: Yeah, I like stats.
0: Oh, okay. I know you're not going to like this one, though. Uh, okay. <laughs> Brad, the sixth, uh, Bradley Beal's sixth highest-scoring games, all else, of his yeah. career.
2: Oh, I mean, we're a joke of the franchise. I know that. <laughs> well, here's the thing.
0: Like, he's got 60s, 56, 58. And here's the thing. I just
2: love it because every single person's like, get Bill out of Washington. And I'm like, as a fan, I'm like. The only please thing is why
0: you're somewhat relevant. Right. Even and I'm like, not. please
2: like... don't get him out of Washington. But obviously, if I was like, from a neutral stand perspective, if he wants to be successful, he's got to get out. Yeah. We're, I mean, we're not helping in any way, shape, or form.
1: I'll throw out – I mean, you guys pretty much nailed – I was thinking Embiid and Jokic. Um, But I'll throw out two two other names. Jalen Brown, that man is on a tear right now. And he's one of my favorite players in the league. And I remember when we were making that list, Kurt, I remember this. I asked you, would you take Kemba – or Jalen Brown, and I, and I was Kemba. like, and I was like, I am taking Jalen Brown every, like all the time, and you're like, I'm taking Kemba, and we had to go to a third party to decide. Yeah. Uh-huh. and it was your it was your buddy, and he picked Kemba, and I was like, you're insane, but <laughs> and we ultimately I hate that you I hate the last so laugh. Much. I hate so much about that list, but um,
2: Jalen Brown. One.
1: Yeah, we we should we should we should eventually. But Jalen Brown has been spectacular this season for the Celtics. And also white boy Peyton Pritchard. He could be an MVP candidate. We never really know. That's how the Celtics fans talk about him, I guess. But, um, yeah, Jalen Brown's been fantastic. And he's always been super underrated in some fans' eyes because he plays next to Tatum. And, you know, Celtics are loaded at the wing spot, or they were. And I'll throw out another name, DeMontis Sabonis
2: he's so good and people obviously there's the narrative of him where it's like he's the worst all-star ever at least last year he's he was a deserving all-star last year and he's going to be a deserving all-star this year the pacers are a team and we even did this when we made our like record predictions or like standing predictions podcast like we had him on like the bottom like of the eastern conference playoffs maybe like the six seven or eight seed but like they, I should realize, like they're constantly a winning team, and they're constantly around like the four seed or five seed. I mean, th- that's where they're going to end up. And Sabonis has been unbelievable for them.
1: Yeah, that's essentially. And Julius right. Randle. I mean, he's Knicks are balling.
0: They are low <laughs> key.
1: I guess yeah. we could get into what is a team that has thoroughly disappointed you
2: so far. The Washington Wizards. <laughs> <They're> terrible. <laughs> All i mean, right, def- I mean what, have you seen a- no yes, i'm not just talking I, I, about I've this season how bad have been. you seen a worst defensive team of all time you haven't it is literally remarkable how bad of a defensive job this team does scott brooks i don't know what he ha- i don't know why he's still living in washington if it was up to me he not even catch the flight back after bradley drops dropped 16 philadelphia and we lose and it's not like that's just a one-time thing so I just brought up the stat every time because I remember we made the ASC post last year where he dropped 53, then 55, one of them being against the Bucs. Yeah, I remember um, that game. And obviously everyone's like in the comments, I think it did really well. Everyone in the comments is like, oh my gosh, Bradley Beal needs to get out of Washington. And I continually say this, he should from like a neutral fans perspective, but from a Washington fan, no, please stay along as long as you can. Um, they've been massively underperforming, but I think the obvious answer is the Toronto Raptors. I mean, very high expectations for this team coming in the year, Pascal Siakam. I mean, I know we joke about how he has the one move, which is the spin move and whatever you want to say, but he's massively not been, I mean, underperforming this year. It's not just him though. It's this whole Raptors team. And we gave a lot of credit to Nick nurse. Um, I know we did the podcast last year and he was our coach of the year. Um, and I mean, it's kind of just unfortunate to see just what a turn this franchise has had.
1: Yeah. The only player on the Raptors that has been like good, like to their standard is Kyle Lowry. That's it. And Kyle Lowry has always been underrated and he's been the best player on the Raptors. And since Kawhi left, um, even though Pascal was great at the start of last year, he started sucking after the all-star break and he sucked through the bubble and now he's sucking now. <laughs> so I don't really know what else to say about the Raptors other than they've been a huge disappointment so far, but how about, I guess we, we all could have foresaw this, um, but the Rockets. Not yeah. me Didn't have him in the playoffs. Well, uh, no, but the reason why we all didn't put them in the playoffs is because we thought James Harden would not Correct. be on this team, yes. and he's been on the team, and they've sucked. They've been really bad. Now Christian Wood has been fantastic yeah, yeah. for them, and I have no idea why Detroit didn't pay him, but I, they didn't want to pay over eight million a year for Christian Wood, and he's
2: averaging what 20 right now? Like, mm-hmm. I mean I'm he, I mean, guessing he's the front runner for Most Improved.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes. He should be. He's averaging 24, 10, and 2 on 55, uh 28. And he's at a 58% effective field goal percentage with a 24 PER. Like, that's ridiculously good. But the Rockets have just been brutal. And I mean, John Wall, I mean, I love John you, John. Wall, I love you, John. Has he, he been good?
2: I honestly I think He's been uh, all right. He's been pretty good. I, I, I think haven't he's watched been a single good.
1: minute of Rockets basketball. He
2: has season. been pretty good. Um, the thing is, I don't think a lot of people, and I don't think they should, should hold him to these very high expectations like he was in his prime just because he's coming off this in- terrible Achilles injury. But kind of what he's done for the Rockets, he's definitely not been a bad point for them. I mean, obviously, you look at the team, and it's not been doing well, but I don't think any or partially any of the blame needs to go to John Wall.
0: Well said. So, what, do you have a disappointing I team? Totally do you have a disappointing oh, team? Oh, I do. Mine is the Miami Heat um i I think they're playing pretty poor right now most of my blame goes on jimmy butler because he's having a pretty rough season rough stretch uh or opening stretch i should say uh i love jimmy too i got i got a bulls jimmy jersey in my uh drawer over there been a big jimmy guy like his story a lot obviously kind of the guy that didn't have much you know thrown out of the house a little bit then you know now he's obviously was in the finals and all that you heard that all last year but that's kind of why i love jimmy and he's definitely you know underperforming this year he's we've talked about a thousand times whenever we talk about jimmy though he's not a guy who's really showing up on the stat sheet i mean jimmy could go you know have 17 points, six rebounds and seven assists and you're like oh that's a pretty good game but he could really be the best player on the court and you know you don't really see that on the stat sheet but even so uh he just hasn't been that good this year honestly uh probably only seen a little bit of heat game so maybe i am kind of playing into that narrative of where he's you know not showing up on the sheet, but he's still on the court but they got a three and three record right now coming off the nba finals where this team was supposed to be young and improving not on the decline so it could just be a rough stretch to start the season but uh definitely a little bit disappointing coming out of the gate for me
2: fair enough but let's
0: talk about a team that is surprising us in a good way so i start yeah of
2: course Sacramento Kings. Oh Girl man, that.
1: this team is fun. This Darren team
2: Fox is, is the best player of all time. It's not. Uh, you want
1: to talk about a better player? Halliburton. Halliburton. Baby. I mean, draft crush right here.
2: Uh, yeah, I love same.
1: him. I love him too. Uh, he was up there with Devin Masel as my boy. But, um, let's not talk about Devin right Oh, <laughs> he's averaging 30. I actually haven't like kept up with him. Uh, I can check that right now, but the Kings have I'm sure he's been all right. I'm sure he's,
2: he's been, a Sam draft crush. He has he's got five points right. per game.
1: he's shooting 55% from three. May that's, I uh, bring that up? But that's also, pretty good. He's averaging five, three, and one it could be worse yeah he's a role player right now but he'll emerge he'll, he'll get his time at some he's point he's waiting it's like a
2: bomb that's just ready race. to explode
1: <laughs> but Halliburton man that kid is a stud and now one thing about the Kings that we need to bring up is now the Kings themselves are a very exciting team and I was getting I was very excited for them when Dave Yerger was their coach And then they fired him and hired Luke Walton. And my entire opinion on them just soured. (laughs) And then the whole Bogdanovich thing happens. And then they don't get a return for him in the off season. And that just soured out too. And I was like, all right, well, this Kings team is probably going to be pretty bad. No, they've been a lot of fun. But the only thing on this team that has been very thoroughly disappointing is Marvin Bagley. He has been terrible.
0: Well, Marvin and Bagley know. and De'Aaron's dad are going at it on Twitter. Do oh, Bagley's, Marvin Bagley's dad is yeah.
1: wanting him to get traded.
0: And De'Aaron Fox's dad was like, go get traded. We don't care. <laughs> He's we been so Fox. terrible. Boy.
1: <laughs> and I mean, I, I don't know. This guy was picked in front of Luka Doncic for the sole reason that uh whoever the owner, I, who was their GM it was
0: like Vlad Dotch. Vlad uh, yeah, yeah.
1: didn't like Lucas dad. That's why yeah. he didn't hire him. It's so sad.
0: Didn't hire him. <laughs> That's, That's why they the didn't reason. hire him.
2: Or draft him. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Draft him. Kind of you know. like hiring him. But yeah. All right. So as my surprising team, I'll leave the obvious one to Sully because he, you know, loves that team. I won't <laughs> specify, but we all know who it is. Um I'm going to go with the Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic are off to a 6-2 and start. They haven't really faced like this incredible competition, so maybe that's why some people discredit them. But you look at the roster, and you don't realize that it's a very solid group of guys. It's not like one guy really stands out unless you want to count Nikola Vucevic. But you look at other players on the team, obviously it's a massive blow to Markel Fultz. I mean, prayers up. He's been balling this season, and then to see that terrible injury, it's always tough to see. But well, you have guys like Terrence Ross, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, Dwayne Bacon, a lot of guys who aren't really being talked about by the, uh, like, mainstream media. And he, they have just been all been very good. And I kind of recognize that when they had the two um, away game stretch against Washington, they've been balling. And, you know, Orlando's always been a team that, you know, kind of sneaks their way into the playoffs. But it seems like now they could be fighting for a very high seed in the Eastern Conference, and it's kind of fun to watch.
1: I don't know about high seed. Um,
2: what about mid-seed? I think that's a better way.
1: They're like, missing Jonathan Isaac and Mar- uh, Markel Fultz. And I, I will say this, Markel Fultz has not been that great this season.
2: Uh, he's balling.
1: He's got a 40% effective field goal percentage. That's like way better for the Markel. League.
2: Yeah, Markel, <laughs> he's someone everyone loves. I'm just. Well, yeah, right. everyone, everyone likes him because he's, he's a comeback story. You know, he's has some some backstories here. At AAC. he had like
1: a little nerve problem in his shoulder, and then he lost. He forgot how to shoot
0: somehow. First over it was pick. weird. Like
2: I was kind of yeah, thinking about it I was like, "What even happened with it?" So like, it's very. There weird was, if you happened. actually
0: like a lot, of obviously st- from the outside, if you're not like a super hardcore NBA fan, it's an absurd story like that he forgot. But if you actually like look up like articles that were coming out, like there was like people taking videos like secretly, like him shooting, like. The like oh it looks like he's got a different form and then like next week he'd have a different form again like it was a really weird i remember looking back at it a while ago but uh it is a very strange story but you know it's not a strange story the sun's being good and i was pretty high on the suns when we did our little uh you know standings i think i had them like you know fifth i think i had them fifth i think you
1: had them like three or four
0: no, no, I'm not I that think it was crazy. I think it was I th- I'm not that pot. crazy. I, know.
1: I think you had them at like four. I'm not kidding. I, mean, I might have so, had them
0: four, but I think five. One, four or five. Uh, and and admittedly, I think I said in that I'd put him a little high just because, you know, I was feeling them. But I, like I said, the Suns are playing good. Chris Paul is that guy, you know, went to the Thunder. The Thunder was supposed to be very, very bad. I had the spiel when we talked about the NBA a couple weeks ago. But the Thunder was supposed to be very bad. They ended up making the playoffs. They put up a great fight um now the Thunder are one of the worst teams in the NBA Chris Paul leaves he goes to the Suns and he's kind of that veteran leadership and you know playing with a young guard like Devin Booker who is an absolute bucket been that way his entire career I got a Devin Booker jersey as well he's one of my homies so I love him Aiton is a beast I think that trio right there is a very very talented group of players and I think that's you know that's enough to get them a pretty good seed this year. Right now, they're first uh, – no, what are they, second in the oh, West? They're first. they're first. They're first. Yeah. They're first in the West, and do I think it's going to stay that way? No, 100%. Obviously, the beginning of an NBA season is a little weird. Teams are trying to figure out the identity, but at the same time, the Suns added Chris Paul. So you would think they'd be one of the teams that might not work right out of the gate because they're adding, you know, a primary ball handler to their team, which usually messes with your chemistry a little bit. You got to work the kinks out. They've been one of the best teams in the NBA already. So that's a good sign from them. Uh, I think, obviously, I put them four or five in my thing. I've, I expect them to land somewhere between five and six. So uh, I think it's going to be a good season for them and go Devin Booker. I love Devin Booker. That's my spiel
1: I got such an underrated supporting cast, like all their role players are fantastic
2: yeah, I agree, and it's weird because it's like obviously we see how good the West is, and we talked about this like it was an like we saw like every team basically had a shot to go to the playoffs, but you look at the suns and it's like we almost like should have maybe saw this coming, and I know Sully saw it more than anyone else. But like you finished the bubble going eight and zero, and it wasn't a fluke. They were playing incredible basketball, and their team only got better from that moment. So they're rolling, and I'm happy for it.
1: Yeah, great off season, great yep. bubble run. Chris Paul is just – even though his, like, stats aren't screaming to you that he's you know, yeah. he's averaging 13, so you're like, oh, he's not that good from an upgrade of Ricky <laughs> Rubio. Oh, no, he, he's a big upgrade from Ricky Rubio. Yeah. And it's showing in their record right now. So
0: It's funny good because before Suns. Chris Paul – this will be the last thing we'll say. The last – you know, before Chris Paul went to the Thunder, he was – you know, he got a lot of hate. He, he obviously had the huge contract, which was most of the reason why he did get that hate because no one really wanted to take that on. But um, he, he got a lot of hate just for the way he was as a player. A lot of people said, you know, he choked, he didn't perform, blah, 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 and all that. And obviously went to the Thunder, like I said, had a great season. And, you know, like Sam said, he's not really showing up on the stat sheet so far, but the Suns are, you know, five and two, six and two, whatever they are. And they've beaten some good teams and they're playing good basketball and, the addition of Chris Paul is no, you know, no fluke. He's a big reason why they're playing well. So uh, that's my spiel on the Suns. Does anyone else have anything to add? It could be about anything. What did you guys have for dinner tonight?
2: I had some burgers. I had a burger too. <laughs> no way.
0: Yeah. And my, my dad got a new air fryer and I made fries. It was good. Ooh. Um Cool. That, that I hope everyone that's listening right now. Hope you guys had good dinners, um, or if you're listening in the morning, go get a bacon, egg, and cheese or something. I don't know, but that's going to be it for highlight all sports. You know, it's you know it's over when we start talking about random shit. This is Highlighted all sports culture podcast. Until next time, we'll be back. Goodbye.